Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. So we're going to jump into this today, and I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 1. So you can open up your Bibles, or if you have a Bible app, you can get that on your phone. We are a church that uses our phones, so you can also check in on social media. Let your friends and family know that you are here at Avenue, and then you can also go to Luke chapter 1. But before we get started real quick, can I ask you to do me a favor? See, she's so sweet. She said yes. Last service, she's like, uh, <laughs> what does do me a favor imply, right? When someone asks you, I don't really need you to do me a favor, by the way, but if somebody asks you, can you do me a favor? It's usually a little bit of worry, like, what are you going to ask me to do, right? Don't you love it that we ask, can you do me a favor before we ever say what the favor is? And you're looking, and some of you anticipate helping someone. You love the suspense. I don't. <laughs> sometimes a little bit of nervousness comes on me and I'm like, oh my goodness, am I going to be inconvenienced or is this going to be scary or intimidating? But can you do me a favor? See, I want to talk to you about favor today, but I don't want to talk about that kind of favor. I want to talk about the favor of God. In fact, the title of my message today, again, you can take out your phones. You can actually take notes on your phone, share it with your friends on Facebook and social media. But the title of my message is Favor Ain't Fair. Now, we're a feedback church. We like to talk, so you can talk at me too. But if you would say that with me, I want to say favor ain't fair together. One, two, three, favor ain't fair. And so we're going to go to Luke chapter 1. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you would help me communicate this because your word changes lives. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take this word and you would do an unforgettable work in the lives of each of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke chapter 1, we're going to read this portion of the Christmas story. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, it's a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. Now, why was Mary troubled? Was it because of the experience of seeing an angel come out of nowhere in her presence? Have you ever wondered what an angel looked like? See, some of us have different interpretations, different ideas of what an angel may look like. For some of us, we think that an angel might be small and cute, like, hello, Mary, you are highly favored. Some of us, you know, think that maybe it's a little bit more, you know, bigger and powerful. And it's just amazing what our imaginations will lead us to in our thoughts when we start trying to figure out what something may or may not look like. See, we are in the Christmas season, are we not? And one of our traditions in our family is that starting on Thanksgiving weekend, we begin watching Christmas movies. Now we have our favorites like Home Alone. Come on, Home Alone 2. It is a rarity that a sequel is just as good as the first one, right? And Home Alone 2 is so good. We also love watching The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Now, I got a, I got a confession to make. One of my favorite Christmas, probably my favorite Christmas movie is Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn. It's my favorite. If you know me, I've got a dry sense of humor. I like witty, witty remarks and, oh my gosh, I love that movie. Don't judge me, just watch it. It's awesome. But <laughs> we also try to look for a new movie. And Netflix just came out with the Christmas Chronicles. Kurt Russell. Now, you know you're getting old when Kurt Russell is Santa Claus and Goldie Hawn is Mrs. Claus. 
See, if you are under the age of 30, you or over the age of 30, excuse me, you might remember Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell as the cute couple from Overboard, right? They were a hot couple. They were the couple to be. They were the it couple. But now years have passed. Decades have passed. And now Overboard has become Mr. and Mrs. Claus. And I think, oh, Lord Jesus, I am getting old. And some of you under the age of 25 are like, who are they? <laughs> you will only know them as Santa Claus. But in this movie, I bring it up because their interpretation of an elf. See, I'm used to in Christmas stories that elves are cute little children, right? They're cute little children with they just point pointy ears on. In the movie, The Christmas Chronicles. Now, I'm going to blow this for you. I'm sorry if you haven't watched it, but that's on you. It's been out for like two weeks. So... It's like they took a cat and a troll and it had a baby and they called it an elf. No joke. If you are wondering, like, is this a Furby? I thought of a Furby. Again, that is a 90s remark. Some of y'all don't even know what a Furby is. Yo quiero uno Furby. Remember that? It was a Christmas throwback gift of the year. A Furby. But that is what the elf looks like. So we have all these interpretations of elves. Can you imagine what we think of angels? And so in the Bible, to be specific, angels were not cute little Cupid-like figures. They were powerful. They were tall, some up to nine feet in height. So when an angel came on the scene, it wasn't like, excuse me. It was, hello, favored woman, you know? It was a big deal. But was Mary troubled by the angel? No. Mary wasn't confused or troubled by the angel. She was confused and troubled by the greeting that the angel gave. The greeting said, hello, highly favored woman. See, this is what troubled her because back in the days of Mary, you were greeted based on social status. So based on your social status, that determined whether or not anyone greeted you. And your social status continued to determine what words they would use for you when you were greeted. And so to tell a, a young person, especially a female young person in the days of Mary, that you are favored, not only favored, but you're highly favored, and that the Lord has favor on you and you have found favor in the Lord. Pew. Mind blown. That is why she is troubled because of favor. See, I want to talk to you about favor today because, again, favor ain't fair. Why is a teenage girl, they believe she was between the ages of 12 to 14, why would this teenage girl of absolutely no social status be deemed as favored? Because, honey, favor ain't fair. And let me explain to you God's take on favor because what is favor? Because in the Old Testament, favor was given to only certain types of people, or to certain people groups. So for instance, we could say that Moses was favored by God. And Moses was used greatly by God in that favor. Abraham found favor in the eyes of the Lord and was given an amazing blessing and be given a, a fantastic journey. Noah found favor in the eyes of God. He was blessed, he was saved, and he was tasked to build the ark. Joseph found favor not only in the eyes of God, but in the eyes of man where people of great influence and authority looked at him and they found favor in Joseph and extended favor to him. But now we see something changing because we're no longer in the Old Testament. We are in the Gospels. And it's here in Luke chapter 1 and even in the account in Matthew that we see the Gospels unfolding with the Christmas story. 
And what Jesus is about to do is that God in flesh is about to join mankind and he is about to repackage favor. See, favor is no longer going to be for a specific individual. Favor is no longer going to be just reserved for the elite few, but favor is going to be extended to all mankind. And so why do I get so excited about the Christmas story? Because God came down in flesh and he made himself available to every single person, man, woman, and child. No one would be exempt from being able to receive the grace of God. See, if your mind is not blown by the grace of God, if grace does not blow your mind, then it means we don't understand our need for grace. So let me explain what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor. Described in the Bible is unmerited favor. What does that mean? It means undeserved favor. Again, we've taken this favor and we've repackaged it. You know, some of y'all love updates. You've got your new iPhones. You've had the original and then the next edition and the next edition. And you love upgrades. Well, this is the greatest and only upgrade that favor ever needed. It is called grace. And so grace is this undeserved favor, meaning that for nothing that you have done, for nothing that you deserve, God has decided to extend favor to your life. Not because you earned it, not because you checked off some good, good marks. Because hear me friends, the Bible is so clear about your and my identity without Jesus. Is that without Christ as Lord and Savior, without the grace gift of salvation, we are sinners. Not yet saved by grace if we have not accepted him. And as sinners, there is a penalty to sin, and that is called death. But Jesus, in his amazing love, lavished us with grace so that we are no longer seen as what we have done, not even what we're going to do, but we're only seen when God looks at us. He sees Jesus Christ in us. We are saved by grace. And so let me paint a picture for you about even more of what grace is. Because hear me, none of us have done anything to deserve it, but God in his love lavished it on us. Grace is like this. I remember when I first started driving, I was 11 years old. Now I'm a parent now. I think about would I ever let Levi get behind the wheel of a car at 11 years old? But my papa took me for the first time in his older car, and he took me over to El Dorado parking lot. Come on, somebody. I am from Sunrise Mountain, raised on Sunrise Mountain. And we drove over to El Dorado High School parking lot. And it was there that I learned how to move the car from park to reverse, from park to drive. I got to circle around that parking lot. I got to do my best to pull into a parking space. And then at 15 and a half years old, see, I don't understand kids today. Kids today, like, are in no hurry to drive. At 15 and a half on the day, I had my DMV appointment. Come on. I was there. I was ready. I tested. I didn't get 100, but I got a 91, and I got my permit. And I was driving. And my papa quickly gave me a nickname, and he called me Leadfoot Annie. Now, what did that mean? Leadfoot is, is a heavy foot. It means I accelerated too quickly. It means I went from zero to too fast too soon. Now, where are my people who like to drive a little bit of fast too quick, right? Right? Yes. Now, if we're being honest, who's ever gotten a speeding ticket? Mm -hmm. Come on, don't lie. You're in the house of God. I've gotten a speeding ticket. My husband's gotten two in one week. Mm -hmm. That was early on in our marriage. We've done better since then. 
got to love those roads that they're 35 miles an hour, but man, they're like six lanes wide. Spate. All right, anyways. So grace is like this. Is that if I were to be pulled over, and let's make this a little bit extreme. I'm going 90 and a 35. <laughs> in my beat down Chevy Impala. 90 and a 35. And I get pulled over. Why do we lie when we get pulled over? Because they ask us, do you know why I pulled you over? I don't know. I'm not sure, officer. Yes, you are sure you know, because the first thing you do is you look at your speedometer, you look around, you're like, oh, that's what I did. And so let's say you're going 90 and a 35. You're going to get a ticket, right? You might even lose your license. But this is what mercy is. Mercy is if that cop tells you, it's okay. I'm going to let you off with a warning. Go about your day, right? Let me tell you what grace is. Grace is, let's just say this. Let's just say the penalty for that kind of speed of breaking the law, let's say it costs $5,000. That's going to be your ticket. Let's not even say about the, the time you're going to have to spend into community service hours and how many years you're going to have to drive with or not drive without a license. Let's say the cop says, you know what, I, I'm not going to write you a ticket. I'm going to let you pass on that. But instead, I'm going to write you a check for $5,000. And I'm going to gift you, and you can leave not only pardoned, but with a gift. Friends, that is grace. See, our current state is if I was a criminal awaiting a, a terrible sentence and I'm just waiting for the judge to deem me as guilty and tell me the price that I have to pay for the crimes that I have done. And we may think I'm a good person. I haven't done any crimes. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin in itself is a crime against God. And yet what grace does is grace enters the courtroom and says, not only am I going to eliminate the penalty, you will never pay it. I will pay it for you. I'm going to give you an inheritance, a fabulous inheritance. So I'm not just erasing the penalty. I'm going to give you the gift of blessings for you to walk out. And that, my friends, is grace. So grace should be mind-blowing. Grace should make us be like, wow, God, look what you have done. And hear me, this grace comes packaged in an itty-bitty baby born in a manger. It's amazing. Somebody say favor ain't fair. And so I want to tell you a couple things about grace. We've already learned, number one, that grace is undeserved favor. I thank God for that because we can't say that we did something to earn it. I'm someone who likes to feel accomplished. I won't lie to you. I feel good when I check something off and it's done. That, that's better than a nap for me. I got to love accomplishing things, but I can't accomplish salvation. God, through grace, accomplishes salvation. And so, number two, I want you to write this down. Grace is a gift. It's a gift. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. In Romans 5, chapter 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners. Come on, let's not lie. Some people are hard to love. And God is saying, when you are at your ugliest, I still sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. It's amazing. But my question is, I understand grace, but what made Mary stand out? Why, why Mary? She's in this town where there's got to be other young ladies. Why the favor? Why Joseph? Why Moses? Why Abraham? Why King David? What made these people stand out? Have you ever looked at people's lives and wondered what is it about them? Or you see things unfolding and you see the path that their life is going on and you wonder how. 
Some of us wonder why. <laughs> but that's judging. So we just say, how? <laughs> I'll tell you how. Mary, all of them stood out. These people who were favored stood out because of this. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it says this. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the entire earth, looking for a heart that it can strongly support, a heart that is fully his. So what does that mean? It means that God is forever searching the earth. He's looking for men. He's looking for women. He's looking for teenagers. He's looking for young adults. He's looking for children in which he sees somebody who is seeking after him. Hear me, not perfect. David wasn't perfect. People aren't perfect. God doesn't put that, that, that expectation on you. But he's looking for people who seek him, who are pursuing him. And then he looks, okay, that's a heart that I can support. That's a heart that I believe I could put a dream in. That's a heart that I believe that if they fully lean into me, that they can accomplish things beyond their wildest dreams. That's a heart that I believe that can move across the world to impact a community, a people group that need to know the name of Jesus. See, that is a heart that I can put an idea in because when I put that idea in them, it's going to make millions. But I can trust that person to use those millions to the kingdom of God. Do you know what Rick Warren said? Some of us know Rick Warren is one of the most influential Christian writers. He is a pastor. And you know what he said about the purpose-driven book? This is the number one Christian book besides the Bible ever sold. He said, you want to know why God gave me the purpose-driven book? Because it's not of Rick. That's of Jesus. He said, God gave it to me because he knew he could trust me with the money I would make off of it. He don't take any of it. He uses it to further the kingdom. So what if God gave you a gift of innovation and then he trusted you because your heart was completely his and he gave you opportunity to match your innovation because he knew that you would fuel the kingdom of God. It's amazing. So nothing makes others stand out besides how much they pursue God. It's the condition of their heart. See, we think people get ahead by gifting. Some do. Some have some skill. Hear me. And it'll take them some places. But their character, if it is not godly, will not let them stay there long. Eventually they will crumble. But God is looking for someone who's seeking him that he can strongly support. It's amazing. See, number three, grace provides access to God. And it is through that access to God that we pursue him. So this grace gift gives us free access. We have to understand that Jesus Christ coming here on earth, he destroyed every obstacle between humanity and God. He destroyed religious obstacles. He, so if you ever grew up in a religion where you had to do this, this, and this to actually speak to Jesus, or maybe you couldn't even speak to God, you had to go through somebody else. I'm telling you, that is wrong. Jesus tore the veil, tore any separation between God and man, and said, you son, you daughter, you can come talk to me. You can have a one-on-one -on -one personal conversation. I ain't paying no phone line taxes on this. You come talk to me, and I'm going to talk directly to you. And so he removed every religious obstacle, every physical obstacle, and every spiritual obstacle so that people can have a relationship with God. And so now that we have the access, the amount of grace that you go after, that's up to you. So we are all given this measure of grace. Salvation is given to all, but how much you step into that grace, that's up to us. That's up to you and I. See, your pursuit of God determines how greatly you live in grace. How we pursue God determines how greatly we live out this grace. 
So if we desire a life that is beyond the norm, a life that is not ordinary, but that God can do extraordinary things. And hear me, it doesn't need to be extraordinary, th- extraordinary things compared to others. It just needs to be extraordinary for you. I tell everybody that. You don't need to think my husband's handsome. In fact, I'd rather you not. But I can think my husband is the most handsome person in the whole entire world because he's mine. So your level of extraordinary, your level of impossible may be different than somebody else's impossible. But that does not mean that God doesn't want to do it in you. It's how far are you going to step into grace? And so your pursuit of God determines how greatly you live in grace. So how do we pursue him? Because what I want to do today is I do want to encourage you. I want to get you excited. I want to show you what is out there for you. But I would be doing a disservice if I didn't tell you how to go get it. So let me tell you over the next few minutes how to go get it. Number one, you need to practice coming before God. And what does that mean? It means that you carve out uninterrupted time where you get to just be with him. And for some of us, that might be a little awkward. That might seem as intimidating. But God is saying, I am with you. When the angel of the Lord announced that Jesus was going to be born, he described him as Emmanuel, which means God with us. God wasn't just with us on earth. God is with us now. His Holy Spirit is with us. And so you can carve out time. I can carve out time to just be in his presence, to not have an agenda, but to sit there maybe with my Bible, maybe with some written out prayers, some thoughts that are on my heart, some things that I just want to be with him. Some of y'all haven't even heard God speak to you. I can tell you that it's an incredible thing that when you're reading the Bible or you're spending time in worship and a thought comes to your mind, and it's a great thought, but it ain't your thought. I'm not smart enough to think that, or I'm not experienced enough, or I don't talk like that. And yet God just spoke something to you. And if you have not experienced that yet, I'm telling you, you can And that it's a grace gift that he wants to talk to you. And he will. But we have to practice coming before him. Pray to God. Pray. It's it's talking to him. Throughout the Gospels, if you are intimidated again, or I don't know what to say to him, I wouldn't even know what to begin to talk about. The Bible tells you how to pray. It tells us that we say, our Father who art in heaven. Some of you memorized that as a child. But all it's saying is recognizing how good he is how great he is, how awesome he is in our lives, that his name is to be praised. But God, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've been doing. Forgive me for what's been going on. Walk with me. Keep me from these temptations. You're just telling me life. You don't got to sound churchy. You don't have to talk religious or these and thous. He'd be like, I don't even understand you. But just have a conversation with him. David poured out his heart in prayer in the book of Psalms. Read his. If you have a hard time getting your words together, read what David wrote. Because so many of us can relate to him. Broken down sometimes, defeated, but just believing that God had more. Also to read and think upon his word. So we don't just practice coming before him or, or praying, but we read on his word. Guys, the Bible is inspired by God. It is God's words to you. So if you feel that God is never speaking to you, he wrote a whole book to you, 66 books to you. And it's all there for you to have a communication opportunity with him. See, I love technology. Don't get me wrong. I love it. The the Bible app 
can remind us to read a scripture. It can pop it up on our phones. Facebook can link to something and you version and post a, a scripture for us every day. But hear me, it's not enough. It's a good place to start. But if we want to step further and further into this grace living out life, then we got to go further than just scratching the surface. Actually spending time in his word and you would be amazed at how you understand it. And then live a holy life. Holy isn't popular. People don't say holy. They say holy stuff, but they don't say holy. No one talks about it anymore. But God is saying that I have given you every reason, every encouragement, every empowerment to live out a holy life. Peter says it perfectly. And let me tell you something about Peter. Peter was a punk. Peter is the same Peter where I'm about to read you a book that he wrote in the Bible. Let me tell you about Peter a little earlier in life. Peter was a punk. Peter was angry. Peter was hot-headed. Peter was the guy at the party that if somebody said something wrong, Peter would forget that he was a Christian. If he was a female, he would have taken off his earrings and been ready to box, right? Peter was hot-headed. And yet God still had patience with him. Jesus corrected him when necessary, but never threw him out. So if we're ever at a place in our church or a place in our family or on the teams that we're serving and you're just wondering, why is this person still here? Because maybe they're a Peter. And the people that you get frustrated with the most, hear me, they could have the greatest voice for Jesus a little bit down the road. Because Peter, even after denying Jesus, denying that God was his friend, denying that he walked with Jesus, Peter still got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Peter got filled up with power and was able to preach. And here he is on the other side of all that immaturity. That's all that is, is you've got to grow. You've got to grow in your faith. And Peter says this, you must realize and accept God's favor to experience it fully. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, meaning it's not of you, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So that means in your broken workplace, you have everything you need to live a godly life. In your dysfunctional family, you have everything you need to live a godly life. In the most perfect of scenarios, you still have everything you need to live a godly life. Since we've received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So it's all about, grace has nothing to do with what you do. It has everything to do with what God has done. You see, every Christmas I have a personal tradition, and that is that I go to the store, and I buy Queen Anne chocolate-covered cherries. <laughs> and some of you are like, ew, why? <laughs> right? First service was 50-50. Some of them were like, I like that. And others were like, no. Well, I buy it not because I like it. I buy it because it was my papa's favorite candy at Christmas time. And my papa was one of the most influential people in my life. And he loved this candy. So every Christmas I go when they start selling them. And I don't eat the whole box because it ain't that good. But I eat one in remembrance of my papa. It's like my communion, but with my papa. And I don't understand the, the clear liquid ones. Guys, if you're going to do this, don't get the clear liquid. Get the ones with the creamy liquid because once you get to the cream, it's a little okay before you get to the cherry. So do yourself a favor. Get the cream ones. 
But I look at that chocolate-covered cherry, and I think there's, there's better. I, there's so much better, and I wish my papa would have known this because I would have been so much more excited about truffles. Come on, somebody, Lindor chocolate truffles. See, truffles are amazing because you can either have a milk chocolate shell or you can have a dark chocolate shell, and, but on the inside, mm, on the inside. See, you don't just stay at the shell. You go further past the shell, and then you can have some maybe mint cream. You can have caramel. That is my husband's favorite. Come on. There is now um, peppermint. There is a hot chocolate flavored. There's just everything delicious in a truffle. Let me tell you how grace is like a truffle. The shell is our salvation. Okay, that's available to everybody. Grace is available to every single person who, who calls on the name of Jesus. But the problem is with us today is we just stick to the shell. We're content with just having the shell of grace, the shell of our salvation that we never go deeper in with God to experience the inside of grace, to take those further steps into grace where we find greater provision protection, clarity, wisdom. We find calling. Some of you are wondering, God, what on earth am I here for? And God is saying, if you just take a further step into my grace, you're going to see that I got plans for you, that I've always had plans for you. But honey, you're just looking the outside of the truffle. I need you to take a bite and step into my grace. See, I imagine I got saved at 18 years old. I wonder what life would have looked like if I would have been really committed to Christ at 12 years old, 13 years old? What if I was in a church that had a program like Avenue Kids that was filled with leaders that prayed for me, that loved me, that walked beside me, that there were adults that would take an interest in me when I was a teenager and would share life with me? What would have happened? See, some of you are thinking, 18 years old, that's a good age to get saved. But honey, I did a whole lot of living before 18 years old. And what would life have been like if I had known him like I do now a little bit sooner? Would I have been a teenager on my high school campus, not giving in to whatever temptation was around me, but just living differently, not judgy, not necessarily even preachy, but living in such a way that people wanted to be more like me and me being less like them? That I would have been the forerunner of popularity. What if that would have happened? Because God can give influence to people like that but I waited till I was 18. I lost years. And some of you may be here, I don't want you to lose any more years living outside the grace of God. You still have a lifetime and God can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you could ever think or imagine with the time that you have left. And so I wanna ask today, and I'm closing right now, I wanna ask if there is anyone in this room that is living outside of the grace of God, that you have not accepted yet this grace gift that God sent packaged in his son, Jesus Christ. See, I love the Easter story. I love the cross. But hear me, there would never be a cross if there was never a manger. There had to be the birth of our Savior. And I celebrate Christmas because of that, that grace came down in the form of humanity, humbled, but yet powerful, more powerful than anything that we would ever be experiencing. And so if you are here today, I wanna to ask everyone to bow your head, close your eyes. And if you are saying, Lindsay, that's me. I'm living outside this grace, but today I want to receive the gift of grace that only comes 
through Jesus Christ. If that is you, I want you to lift your hand real quick just so I can see it because we're going to pray this. Awesome. I see you. Make sure I see you. Just put your hand. Awesome. That's wonderful. Yes. Do you know that the Bible says that anytime someone says yes to the gift of grace, that all of heaven erupts in a party, praising God that he is still doing miracles today. So as a church family, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And see, we do this thing every single week, and we do it because every week there is somebody who has not accepted this grace gift from God. And so I'm going to ask us to pray together in this moment, and we're going to repeat this prayer. And if you mean it, the Bible tells us nothing else. I'm not a magical recipe, but the Bible tells us if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he did raise from the dead, that he did die on a cross, that we will be saved. Again, it's nothing that we've earned. It's everything that he has done. And so would you pray this with me? Say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for paying for what I did. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your salvation. I know it's through grace. Be Lord of my life. Be number one with all my heart, the best way I know how. I am going to live for you. Today, I give you my life. I know now who I am. I am saved, come on. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. That's amazing. That's amazing. See, all of us, all of us have a step to take. Maybe it's a step in worship. Maybe it's a step in prayer, a step further into grace. And today we also have growth track step one. And that's a way to introduce you to Avenue. It's a way to walk you into this thing called Christianity and show you what you can do more of because you have a unique design that God wants to use to make a difference. So right now, after this service in the growth track room, you can join Pastor Jeremy for step one. I say God bless you. We love you guys. Make sure you are here. Get here as much as you can in the month of December because we have amazing, great things happening. And take those invitations. Start inviting your friends because December 23rd is going to be awesome. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.